Hey, hello, 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 welcome, glad you're here, welcome and hello, I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger at dancefish.com, and we do this live stream every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time, that's 9 p.m. for those of you that are mountain challenged on the East Coast. Welcome, glad you could join us. Um, the docket for tonight is we are going to give the shipping report, we neglected that last week just because uh, we had a guest on and didn't want to interfere with that. Or was that the week before? <laughs> Time flies. It's been a couple weeks. Um, but we're going to do the shipping report and um, talk to you a little bit about what's going on with the build of the new fish warehouse. It's almost done. So close. So close. And um, we'll do the giveaway, which is for some pretty cool fish, some gold rose line barbs. We'll talk to you about that in detail in a moment. And then we'll get to your questions and comments. So let's get to it. Welcome. Glad you're here. Let's get a little reprieve from all the uh, horrible things that are going on in the world right now. And let's focus on some fish. I know that there's some bad things happening and we've all been inundated with it. Um, but here's a place to get away from all that. So welcome. We'll have a little escape for an hour and a half and then we can get back to the real world. All right, shipping report is not perfect, um, but it's, it's I, I don't want to say fine, but we did, there were two orders that had issues. One, there was one Cali Tawa that did not do well. Now, I want to say we had 208 of these fish, and we've shipped almost all of them out. And as far as I can recall, this might be the only problem we've had of all 208. Maybe there was another one that I'm forgetting, but... They've done really well. So one Kali Tawa um, arrived alive, but uh, died, I believe, the next day or something like that. Oh, am I? You're super dark. I'm super dark. All right, we're fixing the uh, video here. All right, all better. Oh, am I on? Hang on, I got to check one more setting. It's probably because I'm not on video. There we go. That should be all better. Let me know if that's better, random arms. Yeah, I was on the wrong setting. I had the camera set to manual, which is a uh, setting that you use when you're taking photographs. And because we took a bunch of photographs of fish uh, today and yesterday, and we forgot to set it back to video. We good now? I'm going to let random arms tell me if we're good. Anyway, um, <laughs> tonight's stream has a decidedly goth tone. <laughs> Kelly Foreman, that's funny. I think we fixed it, though. All right. Random Arms will tell me if it's still a problem. Okay, so, um, all still good? Yeah. Okay, we're, we're fixing it more. I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. DeMille. Make me purdy. All right. So that was, we had one Cali Tawa that didn't do well. And then we also had an order of the Pistos that went out. And uh, I think they must have, it, it's strange, they, they arrived and it was a DOA order. They were super cold. And I shipped them to Montana and it was cold in Montana, real cold. But we have the insulated box and the heat packs and we shipped to really cold areas all winter long with no problems. So I'm not sure what happened in this particular order. Um, my only real guess is that perhaps... Um, Perhaps a heat pack malfunctioned or something like that. 
Really no idea. But those were the two issues we had uh, since we spoke last week. But we crunched the numbers and we're still less than 1% um, problems. Um, less than 1% of the fish that we ship out are reported to either arrive dead or develop a problem and die shortly thereafter, within a few days or a week or whatever. Um, so all in all, I think we're doing pretty good still, which is awesome. I, I hate reporting uh, any losses, but as we ship more and more fish as we grow, then statistically it's more and more likely that there, there will be losses, even though the percentage remains less than 1%. So we're happy with that. Um, yeah, I, I think it would be hard to do better. So we'll keep it there and keep rolling. Anyway, that's the shipment report. Um, let's talk about the giveaway. So the giveaway tonight is for a group of gold roseline barbs. I will send you seven of them, I believe, is the size of the group. Now, these are blind. For anyone that knows gold roseline barbs, um, that that strain has a propensity for eye issues. So I, I don't know if they're 100% blind, maybe there's a little residual sight or whatever, but basically the eyes are not functioning um, correctly and their vision is either non-existent or severely impaired. However, um, gold roseline barbs can live like that just fine because they have barbels, they have sensory organs on their mouths that allow them to go around and feel for food and eat it whether they can see or not. So basically the reason I have these seven blind um, gold roseline barbs is over the last three batches that I've received, there's been a small percentage that had eye issues. And I always look for that and, and remove those fish so I don't ship them to my customers. So I have a tank that I put those fish in and I just keep them. And so it's been long enough now that I know they're going to be okay. They've all gained lots of weight. They're big, they're fat, they're sassy. Um, looking at them, you would never know that they couldn't see. Like they are bulky and, and happy. So they're doing just fine. But I want to, I want to make certain you understand that there's a little bit of special care that goes along with a, a blind fish. The main one is they need a lot of time with their food. So if they were kept and normally roseline barbs are super fast to the food. They're little rockets um, and they can outcompete lots of species, a group of them. But when they're blind, they have to feel for the food and they need a long time with it or the other fish will eat it all before they can get to it. So they wouldn't do well in a tank with a, a big group of really fast feeders like say rainbow fish or something like that. Because you put the food in the tank the rainbow fish are just going to eat it all real quick and the roseline barbs will still be looking for it and it'll be gone already. Now, the caveat to that is that they can eat at night without any problem. So if you have rainbow fish in the tank and you turn off all the lights in the tank in the room at nighttime, um, and then you feed the gold roselines, you drop a pellet of food in there or something, um, or a wafer or whatever, and then go to bed, um, then they'll eat at night. So there are ways to keep them with uh, some of the fast fish. the I, I guess you call that food aggressive when the fish are just really quick to the food um, and be okay, but it has to be a species that would not eat at night. And most of the cyprinids will, barbs and uh, danios and things like that, those will all feed at night. So 
you have to find something that would be compatible with them. I found that they do great with Corydoras because the Corys, if you put in like a, I don't know, a big massive or uh, delight pellet or an algae wafer or something like that, a large, really slow to dissolve type of food, it takes the Corys a long time to eat it and about the same pace is would take the gold rose lines to eat it. So they do great with Corys and Plecos and lots of other fish, but nothing that is food aggressive. So please don't enter the giveaway <clears throat> if you don't have a, a tank you can keep them in where they uh, where they would be okay, where they wouldn't get outcompeted. Also, they're going to get fairly large. Now, being blind, they aren't super rapid swimmers. So I think you could put this group in a smaller tank than you would a normal, uh, a roseline barb with, um, with normal sight. I think a 40 gallon breeder would be just fine because they kind of hang out and slowly meander around the tank. They don't do what most roselines do and kind of swim rapidly, even at feeding time. So if you like roseline barbs, but haven't been getting them because you're like, man, I've only got like a three foot tank, like a 40 gallon breeder or something like that. Um, then this group, I think, would actually do fine in that situation. So be aware they're blind. Um, they'll need to have access to food that they can eat before it's all gone. But given that, oh, and I want to just real quick, for those that want um, information about this morph, I know it can be hard to find accurate information on them. If you go here, if you go to dansfish.com, and you click view previous newsletters, that will take you to this page. And then here in the December 2021 slot is a gold roseline barb article. If you click on that, it'll take you here. And there is a whole section here on gold roseline barbs. And within that, there's a whole article. And within that, there's a whole section on, um, on eyesight and how some of them have a, a certain percentage will have uh, lack of vision. So I would recommend reading that article if you're thinking about getting roseline barbs at all, and specifically gold roseline barbs, because there are some things that go with them. And just to make sure that everyone is fully aware that these are sightless fish, the hashtag to enter tonight's giveaway is hashtag blind, hashtag B-L-I-N-D. That way, I think we'll get the message out for anyone that comes late. So... If you'd like to uh, win a group of, I think it's seven, good size, fat, healthy, um, gold roseline barbs that happen to be sightless, then hashtag blind will get you in that giveaway. And um, yeah, I think that's I think that's it. They're they're awesome fish, good color and everything, just just sightless. All right. With that, let's talk about. Well, first we better say thank you to Alexander Engelhart, who has dropped a very generous super chat. Thank you so much, Alexander. Really appreciate it. Um, I, I don't know exactly what we did to deserve this generosity every week, but we're thrilled to have it. It's very helpful um, to have money fall from the sky every week. Thank you. For the light bulb upgrade fund. <laughs> Thank you, Alexander. Um, speaking of which... Let's see here. Hang on. I've got to switch my screen here. Okay. So the build is coming along really well. We thought that we'd have all the aquariums set up 
by the end of last week. However, there was a massive snowstorm last week. And we, we had the aquarium scheduled to be picked up on Monday of last week. Okay, what's, what's that date? That was February something, right? Monday of last week would have been the 21st of February. We had a, a trucking company all scheduled to come pick up the aquariums. However, major blizzard and two things happen in that, well, three that, that prevented us from being able to have them shipped um, on the 21st. One is the lift gates on the trucks were really icy. So it was very slippery. So you got a eight foot tall pallet of glass aquariums that you're loading onto this lift gate on the back of the truck and it's slippery. So that doesn't sound like a recipe for success. And we cover any damages. So the trucking company does not insure glass aquariums <laughs> and we've had them long enough that we're not gonna claim damage from our supplier if we damage them, moving them from our, our storage warehouse to our to the new fish warehouse, right? So one, they were gonna slip off, something would have slipped off the lift gate. Two, it was so cold that the lift gate was not operating reliably and correctly. So normally you, you hit the lever and lift gate goes and goes up. When it gets that cold, the hydraulic fluids um, are affected and the lift gate was going like, like a tenth of the speed of normal and then stop and then go and then stop. You know, it was quite unreliable. So plus it was just nasty weather. It was snowing really heavily. So all those things put together, we decided it was probably worth waiting. And so we did not get the uh, aquariums moved to the fish warehouse on the 28th as, or the 21st as projected. So that delayed us about a week. But I'm happy to report that we were able to get them there at the end of last week. Um, I believe it's Friday, Thursday or Friday. And we have half of those tanks that we moved down have been unloaded, painted, drilled, plumbed, and put on the racks. So they're all set and ready to go. And the other half of them, this is the last 81 aquariums of the new aquariums, um, have been painted. Tomorrow we will drill them, plumb them, get them on the racks. So by the end of the day tomorrow, we think we'll have all the aquariums set up. Um, the only thing we have to do after that is we have to uh, glue a couple PVC caps onto a couple pipes, um, run about 10 feet of PVC off of a T and, uh, and blow out the system. So we want to shut off all the air valves in the air system, in the air loop manifold system and blow it out with compressed air, not oxygen. Don't want to make an explosion, right? I've learned that, um, compressed air so that any little pieces of PVC that are remaining in the pipe from it being cut or worked in or drilled or whatever, get blown out in before we turn the system on so they don't go down and get stuck in the little air valves. So I think by the end of this week, we'll, we'll be well and truly done our part of, uh, of building the fish warehouse. The tanks will be in and plumbed. The next step is um, they're currently wiring all the controls and sensors for the equipment. All the equipment has to talk to each other. Um, basically, they're all little computers so that the system works together as a whole. 
They're almost done that though. They, they finished up today as much as they could get done. There were two little parts that they were missing. So I have to get those in before they can really finalize. So that is being done. The surface well, which is uh, our location where we draw the water from the local river, is delayed. Not much has been done for like a month just because we've had super cold winter weather. But they started working on it again yesterday. And the first thing they do is they did is they remove the ice from the area. When they pulled those out, those it was more than a more than a foot thick in some sections. So it was really, really thick ice. But they cleared all the ice, they put down a bunch more gravel. And this week they're planning on digging the trench to take the pipe up from the surface well to the fish warehouse and also put the electrical in that will power the pump uh, that powers that, that moves the water from the surface well up to the warehouse. So that's all coming. They told us that they thought that by the beginning of next week, they would be done plumbing the surface well waters. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, I hope it's true. And they've still got a little work after that, though, um, to kind of re reclimate the, the land. We want to make it look like we weren't that that well isn't there. So we need to put some uh, some cloth over it. It's a special kind of ground landscaping type thick cloth. Then put topsoil on that and reseed it with native grasses and plants and things. Um, so there's a little reclamation work to do. And then on the detention ponds, they still have to line those with uh, rocks and things like that. So, But they're getting very close. So my hope is... Oh, I don't know... Let's see here. By the middle of this month, I, my, my hope is, and geez, I hate saying deadlines because every time I do, they don't quite get met. But I can see the end, like all the little things are being ticked off. So I think that by, by let's say March 15th or so, by the Ides of March, um, my hope is that everything's done enough that they can actually know that the system's working and get the water on and flowing and stuff and we can start ordering fish and testing the system with live fish and making sure that it's doing what we want it to do and then place, you know, a real order. So once they get to the point where water's flowing and the system's balanced and the controls are all talking to each other correctly and we verified that water's flowing at the correct rate and the correct temperature um, sustainably <laughs> and that we've tested it with some of our the fish that we have on hand to make sure that the system's good, um, then we need to move all the fish we have here in the basement and the annex over as well as order enough fish to fill the system because we have to start moving all the tanks out of the basement and the annex over to the warehouse. So that's that's the next. Oh, it makes me kind of tired just thinking about it. Oh, may. <laughs> but that's the next thing. Now, the good news is um, all the tanks we're moving are already painted and drilled and all that stuff. So we don't have to do any of that. Um, we just have to load them all, tear them all down, load them all up and move them. So it's gonna take some time, but, but that's okay. Because while we're doing that, the 333 new aquariums that we're finishing installing right now will be up and running. And that's enough to get quite a few fish, um, get the system going. Um, 
start being able to sell new fish and things while we're in the process of moving all the stuff from here over there. So still got a lot of work to do and uh, not going to lie, I'm kind of tired. I think Random Arms is kind of tired. We've been working a lot of late nights, but it's coming along and it's getting real close. So that's where we're at with the warehouse. We're almost done. Which is great because then we'll we'll know the final tally, the final costs and everything. All right. Wow, my chat. So this happened. Um, look at this. I can't move the chat. Oh, wait. There. Nope. It won't let me. For some reason, it's kind of gone dark. And it won't let me. Okay. So I. Oh, wait. It just came back. Did we lose stream health for a second? Okay, I thought I was going to have to close it down and, and refresh the chat, which would, like, cut off all the previous chats. But it doesn't It doesn't look like that. It looks like it somehow started again. Okay, good. Good to know. So let's see here. We've done the shipment report. We've talked about how to enter the giveaway. And uh, we've given the update on, on the Fish Warehouse build. So we're about to get to your questions and comments and start discussing fish with you. Before we do, though, one thing I want to talk about, um, the uh, I, I hate to do it because I know we've talked about it a lot, but if you have not yet reached out to your senators, both of them, about the additions to the Lacey Act that have been um, <clears throat> added to the American America Competes Act, we did a live stream two weeks ago talking with the uh, Vice President of Government Affairs at PJAC discussing the bill that's been proposed, the history of it, the ramifications of it, and how to fight it if you feel so inclined. Now, I'm not a political guy. I don't like to get political. But in this case, this is something that directly can affect our hobby. And I feel like we, we need to have a good understanding of it. So please check that live stream out if you haven't. From two weeks ago, there's a zebra pleco on the thumbnail. Um, and hopefully at the end of that, you'll understand what's happening and that it really could be a problem for us as fish keepers. It really could affect our ability to keep the fish that we want to keep. And it could curtail the industry. So make it just a lot. Basically, a thriving industry not only has lots of different kinds, in, the, in our case, lots of different varieties of fish for you, but also if it's thriving, there's all kinds of equipment that's developed and all kinds of like filters and lights and maybe a heater that doesn't fry your fish will come along. You know what I mean? So there's all kinds of benefits um, to a thriving industry besides just the fish themselves. All the equipment that we use, um, all kinds of you know, ramifications outside of the, of the actual animals. And um, I, it, it scares the heebie-jeebies out of me being someone who does this for a living. I sell fish across state lines for a living, that there's a bill being proposed that says you will no longer be able to transport fish across state lines. How are the pet stores going to receive their supplies? Like, how are the fish going to get to their state into their store. Most of them are ordering from uh, suppliers that are not in their state. So they won't be able to get inventory. And then someone like me who sells nationally, um, I think less than 1% of my sales are from my state. <laughs> Almost all of them are from out of state. 
um, that would be a big problem. So, I mean, we'll figure out a way to, to, to make this work, even if there is a whitelist produced and only a few species are available and all that, people will still want healthy fish and they'll want fish that are handled humanely and all that. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll still do what we do to be the most humane and the best in the business, no matter how it shakes out. But, um, it would be really nice if we could, uh, you know, regulate ourselves and make sure that we're doing a good job ourselves instead of being told you can't keep all this, all these species you want to keep. Anyway, I, I don't, I, I don't want to go into great depth on it because I already did two live streams ago, but, <coughs> but I would consider it very important to reach out to your senators and tell them, um, hey, don't let's strike those amendments, the the amendments to the Lacey Act from the American Competes Bill. That would be much appreciated. Xanadu do excited for the warehouse and being one of the first orders from the first big order of fish. Awesome. Thanks, Xanadu. Um, glad you're here. Thanks for the super chat. Always appreciated. Never required. But it's always fantastic when money falls out of the computer screen onto our lap. So we appreciate that. And I did um, get your email and I've emailed Thomas and got um, a verification. I know what's going on now. So I'll be taking care of the gift certificate winner shortly. Um, it's just been a very busy time <laughs> building the warehouse. But I, it's all clear in my head now what needs to happen. So I'll take care of it. Irie 77 Will they be okay with a mono shrimp? Those little guys are super food aggressive. I don't know, Irie, just because I've never kept them with a mono shrimp. Um, so I don't have a good answer for that. I'm not sure. I, okay, so I guess if you have a tank with six mono shrimp and you put six little pellets in there and the mono shrimp grab them, then somewhere else you could put food for the blind gold roseline barbs. If there's enough food in the tank distributed over enough area, they'll probably get to it, would be my guess. That's how I, I would approach that. But again, I've never done it, so I, I don't really know. Wow, my mic got real hot there for a sec. Let me turn that down, but now it's too low. Hmm. Okay, well, we'll put it back. No touchy the microphone. Those blind cave tetras are so fun to watch. I agree. Constant activity, day and night. All right. Mikey M, if you know the answer, have you ever managed, has anyone yet managed to breed the Roseline Barbs without adding, inject them with hormones? Mikey, I think so. Um, but I don't think they've done it outside of India, where the, the monsoons and things um, affect, you know, they're, they're responding to seasonal changes to spawn. From what, from what I understand, and again, I haven't done it, but I've read quite a bit on it, um, there's a certain breeding season that, just like our native fish here in the, the United States, where, you know, we go through winter, it warms up, they're triggered to spawn. Something like that happens with the, the roseline barbs with the monsoons. So I, I know a few people have. Um, in fact, I know some hobbyists have bred them, not meaning to, just had them breed in their tanks um, and little fry appear and things. But as far as like real commercial um, production, that I do not know. Kids Aquatics and Exotics, 
posting our Instagram. Yes, let me show you what you will see if you go to our Instagram. Okay. So, if you're interested in what it's like to build a fish store, this is all documenting the whole process. Drilling tanks, painting tanks, setting up tanks, getting the equipment installed, um, the building, here's how we built the racks, all this information from the ground up, utilities coming in, a couple fish every now and then just cause, <laughs> the framing, the back when we only had a pad, a cement pad, the pouring of the pad, the preparation for the pad, the underslab plumbing, all that, all of this stuff. And it keeps going and it keeps going. The whole process has been documented pretty thoroughly on Instagram. So thank you, Bob, for uh, posting that. Anyone that wants to be, you know, I do a once a month um, update on the build. I'm a little late this month just because we've been so busy actually building, but We'll get that out in the next few days. Um, but if you want to know what happened in detail between the monthly updates, Instagram's the best place for that. Um, and thank you to all my mods. By the way, I didn't do this yet for being here and making this stream work. We appreciate you volunteering your time. Okay, here we go. Rita R, receive my L173B plecos, I think. And two twins spotted catfish yesterday, and they're doing great. Rita, I'm so glad to hear that. Thank you. Thanks for letting me know. Um, and if they weren't, I would hope you'd let me know too. We 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 love hearing when the fish um, arrive alive and in good shape. Uh, that makes our day, um, especially when someone's been trying to get healthy fish and has not had any luck, and then finally like, oh, they did great finally, right? That's that's what we live for. That's why we do this. That motivates my team and I, and that's really what motivates us because we ain't, we ain't paying ourselves nothing yet. It's, it's ramen wages for sure. So really it's, it's the getting fish to customers in good shape that, that drives us. That's, you know, important to us. Um, but we also want to hear the opposite. We are under the impression that less than 1% in often less than half a percent of the fish we send out have problems. Um, and that's based on customer feedback. So every time a customer gives us feedback and says, hey, this fish arrived dead, or this fish arrived and then a couple days later it was dead, or this fish arrived and, oh, I'm kind of worried about it. You know, sometimes they recover fully and sometimes they don't. But all those times when there's a problem or a possible problem, if our customers don't tell us, that we're just skipping through the daisies thinking everything is great and that, that what we're doing is working well. And that, you know, and so there's, we'll just continue doing it that way. What we rely on is we love the positive feedback. Keep it coming. Tell your friends, you know, um, all that. But also we want to hear the bad. And we truly do. If anything isn't done well or, or concerns you or you have a loss of a fish or anything like that, we want to hear that too, because that is, if we don't have that data, we can't make improvements or, or actually know what we're doing. And we're just in this 
false reality thinking everything's great. So we like both of them. But mostly we like the good ones for sure. But the bad ones are important too. Andrew Purr, are you keeping your in-home operation or is everything going to be to the new going to the new facility and your basement and garage will turn back into what they were before? Yes, everything is going to the warehouse. I might keep a couple large tanks just for funsies. I'm not quite sure exactly about that yet. But my wife and kids are very excited to get their basement back and very excited to uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have the fish will be out of the garage as well. So, yep, it's all going to be at the warehouse. A train. What's the best way to bag fish for auctions where they would remain in the bag for 48 hours? I don't have any 100% oxygen like you using your video about how to ship fish. Sure. Um, A train. It's only within the last, I don't know, 10 years or so that I've had oxygen to work with. Before that, it was, it was just atmospheric air, right? Um, and I would say, do the exact same thing as we show in the video. Instead of pure oxygen, just use an air pump with a little rigid airline on it and use that to fill the bags. And that'll work fine. The uh, compressed oxygen gives you a little more, you know, wiggle room. Like if something goes wrong, there's a little more chance that they'll be okay. But atmospheric air is just fine. So I do the same thing. Uh, just use an air pump with a, a little bit of rigid airline on it to fill the bag instead of the compressed air. That would be my advice. Okay, I got to scroll up because chat jumped big time. Here we go. Okay, here we are. I found it. I found it. Kids Aquatics and, and Exotics throwing down a cheerleading Pippi Longstocking. Thank you so much, Bob. Bob, Bob knows what I like. And a purple-haired cheerleader Pippi Longstocking is awesome. <laughs> was there a note with that or was that just a super sticker to make my day? Ah, you made my day. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate you. Liquid Zoo only fins. You got plans for your garage and basement once everything's moved in? I think we just talked about that. That was a great question for Dan at Kim Gaither. So, Kim Gaither, if you make it so it highlights... What happens, Kim, if you do what the mods are suggesting and, and type the at symbol dance fish is it turns bright orange for me. And that's when I know there's a question or comment directed at me. So, oh, there it is. Aha, I see you down there, Kim. Kim says, wait, the focus isn't going in and out on the camera, is it? Out of the corner of my eye, it looked like it just did. Random arms will let me know. If so, there's a setting I can change on the camera. Um, Kim Gaither, my Amazon puffers are getting skinny. What do you recommend for removing parasites? Okay, first patience. This is going to take a while, especially if they're already skinny. Um, before we talk medications, let's talk food. Feed them a lot. Keep it in front of them. Um, they love little pond snails and things like that. They love scuds. A culture of scuds really helps with um, puffers. If it's so skinny that it's not really eating, um, scuds induce a feeding response, even in the really skinny ones. They just can't resist them. And they can't eat them in such large numbers that they end up like vomiting them back out. Sometimes if you're feeding a really skinny puffer on blackworms, 
the black worms go down and kind of create a pile and the puffer can just go and eat them, eat them, eat them, right? And they'll eat so much that they end up not being able to contain the food and they just vomit it back up. But scuds, I haven't had that problem. Now, I know not everyone has a culture of scuds. Don't despair. I'm just, I'm talking ideals here, but there's other things we can do. But anyway, feed them well. Um, and the way I treat them is with metronidazole and praziquantel. So go through treatment of that. Um, and I treat with levamisole and I do two to three treatments, usually three treatments of levamisole, um, separated by, oh, it could be three days. It could be a week. Um, those are the main ones that we use for deworming. You can also use, there's a great product. Um, it's flubendazole. Let me see if I can find where to get it. I think this is the one. Yes. So this is the one I use. The brand name is Flucazole, but it's Flubendazole. And um, I've ordered it from these guys in the UK and it's worked great for me. You can get it here on eBay. Let's see here. I'll put this in the, in the chat here. Hopefully that will get you where you need to go. Now, flubendazole is very similar to fenbendazole, which is a great dewormer. However, fenbendazole does not absorb into water very well, and it is not absorbed through the skin or in the gills. The fish almost has to eat it in order for it to be effective. That's fenbendazole. Flubendazole that I just gave the link to, that's easily absorbed through the gills. So you can just put it in the water column and they'll absorb. Um, levamisole, praziquantel, and metronidazole are all better if the fish eats them, if you can put them in food and the fish eats them <clears throat> or eats it. But it's almost impossible to get a, a real skinny fish to eat something that has a bunch of icky medicine in it. So I tend to just use them in a water bath, um, which works as well. It's just not quite as effective and not quite as rapid. But the flubendazole, that stuff's awesome. They absorb that internally and it gets right in them and uh, really works well. So those are the ones, the four medicines I tend to use for worms and internal parasites. Um, and while you're doing it, keep the food in front of them because any nutrition they can eat and absorb would be awesome. So that's my thoughts, Kim. Um, and depending on how skinny they are, there might be a really good chance that, that they improve on you. I've, I've brought back really skinny Amazon puffers before, but you got to be patient. Um, once the treatments are done um, and, and treat for like flubendazole, not, um, sorry, hang on. Flubendazole, follow the instructions. I can't remember what that is, but praziquantel and metronidazole um, or some of the brand name medicines that have them in them already mixed. Those work fine too. Um, I would say you're looking at 10 days to two weeks maybe of treating. Now, big disclaimer here, I'm not a veterinarian. I'm not qualified to prescribe or, or any of that, um, but that's how I treat my fish. So that's what I use. I guess I can't really say this is what you should do because I don't have a license to practice medicine, but that's what I do. And that's how I've got them to recover.
All right. Hopefully that helps you. <clears throat> Zim's Aquatics and Hobbies. Are you planning on bringing in any more spiny eel species? Yes. Yes, yes. Um, we're kind of picky about it. Just about every exporter from India through the Eastern nations um, will sell you spiny eel species. There's very few, though, that treat the eels right. So we're, we're pretty picky about it. But um, yes, we will, we will do that. As we find good suppliers that will supply them. They're not always available. Well, they are, but not from good suppliers. <laughs> Kevin Voigt, it was in night mode. Yeah. <laughs> Someone turn on the light. Thank you. <laughs> Chevy Fish is posted a link here to the Lacey Act video from a couple live streams ago. Please do look at it if you haven't. Um, Bob from PJAC uh, gave us a lot of great information and stuff that I just clearing the air. There, there's so much misinformation out there. And a lot of us don't know exactly what's going on and think, ah, it's okay. This stuff's happened before. But in this case, it's really important. Like the act, it passed the house already. They haven't done that before. Um, all it has to do is pass the Senate and we're, we're going to be in a different world as fish keepers. Uh, Paul Soltero, Amazonas had an article about the ramifications of the Lacey Act amendments. They did. In fact, I might be able to link it. I've got it here. Let me see if I can, without revealing anything that I should not. Amazonas Magazine. There, I think. Mail.google.com. Okay, so that probably... Can I, I don't know if I can, okay, I'm going to list, post two things here. Um, one is, the first one, I don't know if it'll work, it's the complete package, mail.gmail.com is the start of it, of the Amazonas uh, updates on the Lacey Act. The second one will work because it's the reef to rainforest. Um, so let me post that here. Reef to rainforest for sure will work, but it's not the complete thing. You're just getting a little bit of it. And now let me get out of my email before I accidentally share something I shouldn't. And we're back. Okay. Yep. So those links, if, if you are not getting the updates from Amazonas, uh, check those links out. They'll, they'll get you a little more updated. And by the way, the act is being um, considered now. So early March, they're considering it. That's now. It's early March. So we don't have a lot more time. If you haven't contacted your senators, please do. And just let them know there's only a little bit about in the American Competes Act that is about the Lacey Act. And if we could just get the Lacey Act bits removed, that would be great. <laughs> because there's a lot of folks that are really invested politically in this or, and are not going to just throw the whole America competes act out. Right. We're not asking them to do that unless you are personally, you do you, but for us, we're only concerned about, it's about a page of text that we would like removed uh, before it passes, before the American competes bill passes. That's all detailed on the live stream from two weeks ago. Uh, Kids, aquatics and exotics. What and how are you feeding the barbs now? 
So I typically am feeding them uh, a rotation of algae wafers and Hikari Massivore pellets. And we'll also give them some other things in between, but basically large, more stable foods that will sink and kind of not degrade quickly is what I'm looking for. Rapashi would be great too. Um, yeah, large, stable things. Upper Aquatics, what kind of live streaming camera do you use? We have a very nice one. Um, I don't know if we're taking full advantage of it. <laughs> Maybe we could make it look nicer, but it's an A7 III. It's a Sony A7 III. Very nice camera. It's what we're using to take pictures of our fish for the website as well, all our videos, and this live stream. So it's a workhorse. And we really like it. It's made someone like me, who's a horrible photographer and videographer, at least have a shot of looking decent. Uh, yeah. Okay. Chat is about to jump here. I know it. Hang on just one moment. Okay, hang on. Let me find where it jumped from. Okay, here we go. And there we go. Mike Stambaugh, I recently got a school of very large Rohani barbs. How would you spawn them? Because they are a colorful fish. They are. They're awesome. Um, I would refer you to another video I have on the channel about a, a master breeder. Um, let's see if I can find it real quick. Here it is. Okay, how can I share this without playing it? There we go. So I'm gonna put a link down here. Um, I did a fish room tour with Chase Kleinstecker, who is, um, okay, that should be posted. It's this video right here, Getting Schooled, How to Breed Tetras, Barbs, and Danios. Um, Chase is an FAS, FAAS uh, Grandmaster Breeder. He's bred many, many species, a lot of kerosens and barbs and things. And he talks us in detail about his uh, setup and how he spawns them. And we see it all on video. He walks us through it. So I would, I would start there, Mike, with that video. I think he had some Rohani there that he was breeding. But even if not, the steps he's using to breed his barbs and kerosens and things will work for Rohani barbs as well. Get Gills says C, verily, verily C, uh, Casey's question a couple up. Okay, question. Will you have any blue-eyed rainbows in April or May? I'm setting up a 15-gallon tank at work. Well, I certainly hope so. I, I would really like to keep Ivan Safi, um, Luminatus, Fricatus, uh, True Days, probably from Aru 4. That's the one that, that we really like. Really colorful uh, location of Gertrude. Um, and some others in stock. Yeah, I really like those fish. So we plan on it. Um, things are up in the air a little bit time-wise. Like I'm hoping by the middle of this month to be in a position where we can kind of really start ordering fish and things like that. Um, but, you know, until... Until certain contractors are done with certain parts of the job, it's a little bit out of my hands. But that's my hope. So we'll we'll see. 
we'll see what the timeline ends up being. Um, but I would hope so. By April and May, man, we better we better be up and running. <laughs> okay, fish rumor. La Thanks for last week's giveaway. The Dansari rainbows are doing great. Shipping was also great. Water temp on arrival was 74. There's more positive feedback. <laughs> Too much positive feedback. <laughs> Thanks, Fish Rumor. I'm glad you like them. Thanks for participating and, uh, and joining us and, and so that you can win. Mountaintop Puffer Keeper says, even up here at almost 10,000 feet, I use the rigid airline and air pump to pressure up the standard bags. Yeah, it, it works. It worked for me for, geez, decades. ADHD Aquatics saying hi. Hi, you right back at you. KP Aquatics is throwing down a super sticker here. Very cute little fox cat grinning at me. Thank you so much. Thanks for the love. Kelly Foreman, countdown to the new warehouse. Wahoo, I know. I know. I cannot wait. That's more a woohoo, not a wahoo. I'm the wahoo. <laughs> Kelly, thank you so And did I call you Carrie Foreman? <laughs> Jeez. I, if I did, I apologize. Kelly Foreman, throwing down a super chat. Somehow I just got in my head that I accidentally said Carrie Foreman. Blech. Don't know. I'm very tired, folks. That's my excuse. It's not this stuff. It's the tires. <laughs> okay, Chris George. I've been looking for the environmental needs for the gold roseline barbs. Do you know the ideal temp range, TDS, and pH? Please, I'd refer you to that article. Go to dancefish. Here, let me walk you through it. Okay, from the top. Type in dancefish.com. It'll take you here. Scroll to the bottom. Hit previous newsletters. Then click this article. All the knowledge I have about the gold rose line barbs is in this article. So I would refer you to that. Now, I don't really pay attention at all to TDS. I think it's a useless measurement. Um, and I don't pay attention to pH. But as far as temperature and things, yes, that's in there. And by the way, they have a, a wide tolerance. Um, during the dry season, their water can get, you know, kind of hard and kind of warm. And during the wet season, it gets pretty soft with all the new rain and quite... Um, quite cool so they have a wide range of tolerances mountaintop puffer keeper rhodesia altapina tetra update all right three males three females males defended an area the females wander between anyone okay the, okay so the males have little territories the females wander between everyone and they're fine with their chain loaches colorful tough big eaters awesome so yeah so for those that don't know this is a a new species the mountaintop puffer keeper is working with. It's a very uncommon species. And uh, let's just show it to you real quick. Why can't I show an image? There we go. I'm zoomed in somehow. There we go. These guys. These big old kerosens right here. Something that I've... I don't think I've ever seen these in person. So I'm excited to learn from mountaintop puffer keeper's experience with them. Thanks for sharing with us. Okay. Chris Robertson, I had a pair of betta unexpectedly produced fertilized eggs yesterday. 
Ifusori appeared to be the best option for first food as vinegar eels are not available. Any tips on making a culture? Um, I would refer you to Mark's Aquatics uh, YouTube channel. Let me see if I can find it to link it. Mark's Aquatics. This is a gentleman from across the pond. Here he is. Who? Um, oh, yeah, here's the video. So he's got this whole series on breeding fish um, that he does. And he did one on, I believe it was breeding neon tetras, I think is the one. Let me, let me just post this here. I finally just posted the link to uh, my video. I didn't realize I hadn't pressed the final button. And then I followed it up with Mark's Aquatics video or channel. Um, does one on breeding uh, neon tetras, and I believe that's the one where he describes his method of growing infusoria. Um, so he does it in detail, so check him out. He does a great job. And you're right. I think that for bettas, um, personally, I'd always use paramecium or infusoria or rotifers as a first food. I think vinegar eels generally are too big for a lot of those little babies. Uh, I know a lot of folks do use those as a first food, but I think you're probably starving out the smaller ones whenever you do that. So I prefer the little, little, little critters. Okay. Here we go. Xanadu, pseudomobile signifers, please. Yes, that's another one I'll be bringing in. Wow, I just got splashed. Are they doing it again? I don't know if you guys can see it. This is, okay. This is worth, that archer fish right there, I think is the one doing it. Nope, it's this guy. It's him. They There is a very small gap in the glass on this aquarium behind me. And the archer fish will spit out of it and get me wet every now and then and they'll get Jonathan every now and then too aka random arms so I'm going to make that wider just so see if we can catch it on camera but they totally squirt us they like to shoot streams of water and hit our heads they think it's super fun <laughs> so Xanadu do Finally found Signifer, Pseudomugil Signifer, but they sent him for Kata instead. Oh, man, I'm so sorry. I know you've been looking for those for a while. And I'll, I'll bring some in. That's one that we like a lot, yes. Again, I'm scrolling, guys, because chat, chat jumped on me again. And I'm trying to make sure I don't skip anyone. Amy, ooh, there we are. Amy, five aquatics. He's doing ember tetras right now. So are you talking about Mark's Aquatics? Um, is doing ember tetras? I'm not quite sure what that's in reference to, but if so, that's awesome. I like ember tetras a lot. In fact, did we just list some for sale? Hang on. I think we've been, we've had some ember tetras that we've had for a while. Ember. Yay, there they are. We finally got them listed. So we've had these Ember Tetras for a while. They are fat and sassy. We've had them for quite a while. We've just been so busy building the warehouse that we never got them listed on the website. But they're listed now. So 
if you're looking for some member tetras that are as fat as that fish in the pitcher, <laughs> I mean, some of the males aren't. That's probably a female right there. Um, we finally have some available. Thanks for reminding me of that, Amy. I appreciate it. All right. ADHD aquatics archer fish are hungry. They're always hungry, even, even when they can't eat anymore. Watching you while cleaning discus tank, fry tank, day 21 going well. Social discusing, I am glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. If you're at day 21, you're well on your way. That's great to hear. Congratulations. I hope they continue to do well for you. Paul Soltero, it's because they can spit at you that they do. I know. I know. I know where I stand with the archer fish. They've made it perfectly clear. <laughs> so these are amazing. Um, for those that are not aware. Okay, hang on. Just making sure I'm not missing anybody. Oh, let me do this. For those that are not aware, um, a lot of people stay away from archer fish because brackish water, right? Almost all the species of archer fish need brackish water. But there are two species that are fine in freshwater. This is one of them. This is the Burmese clouded archer fish or leopard clouded archer fish. Or it goes by a lot of common names, but the scientific name is Toxotus blythei. And they come from an area that um, is pure fresh water. They don't have access to brackish water. So my water here is very soft, pH around neutral, um, and maybe two grains DGH calcium hardness. Not, not very much hardness in there at all. And these guys have been thriving for, it must be years now. They do fine in, in, uh, in fresh water, pure fresh water. There's another one called the small scale archer fish, which has freshwater populations. And then something that blew my mind was I was researching, let me see if I can find it. Um, it was Raubiru. So Melanotania is, is a genus of rainbow fish. Melanotania. Uh, Rubrostriata. And the collection point is Raubiru. Or Raubiru. Let me see if I can find this. There is a great article. I think this is it. Yes. So Hans George Evers went to uh, Raua Biru, which is this tiny little, I, I, I don't know if it's tiny, a swamp in um, Indonesia looking for Erythrina werneri, the threadfin rainbow. And what was really interesting to me I'll link this article because it's awesome. By the way, we were able to get some of the um, Melanotania rubrostriata from Raubiru in, and um, we distributed them, and lots of people we sold them to have been breeding them. In fact, we bought a batch back from Maria Z not too long ago. So this is the swamp. It's a blackwater swamp. It's, it's acidic. It's soft. It's everything you would not expect to find... Here, here's the Raubiru, uh, the Rubrostriata. You would not expect to find this fish in, but they found this. This is the normal banded archer fish. This is usually in brackish water. Um, almost always, if you don't keep them in brackish water, they don't do well long-term. At least that's what everyone tells you, and that's what I've experienced. But they found them. 
in a black water swamp, which just blows my mind. So it just shows you how diverse fish are. Now, I wouldn't take a banded archer fish and put it in pure freshwater long term because the odds that you're getting them from that collection point are very low. The odds that you're getting them from a brackish collection point are a lot higher. Um, but it was so interesting. I remember reading that article because I was thinking of bringing in the uh, Rubrostriata from that location. I wanted to learn about them. And when Hans George Evers goes collecting and writes up an article about a fish you're interested in, you got to read it. There's a bunch of interesting information about habitat and conspecifics and things. And it blew my mind when I saw they also collected a banded archer fish there. So that was pretty cool. Killers Aquatics and Exotics got some of those from us as well. That's right. Melanotania uh, rubrostriata, Raua biru. Yep. And as far as I know, they're doing well for people. They're a hardy little fish and they don't photograph real well. They're not like the super flashy rainbows, um, but they do have some really cool patterns and colors on them. Slow go. I'm looking to rid my tank of, I think you're trying to say BBA. Oh, blackbeard algae. Okay. <laughs> but I'm worried about the moss in the tank. Any suggestions? It's a 10 gallon guppy tank. My best suggestion for getting rid of any kind of uh, clingy algae, not free floating green water, but BBA or any other algae pretty much that isn't free floating in the water column is scuds. I would highly recommend any fish hobbyist who has more than one aquarium, let's say, to set up a small aquarium um, just to culture scuds. And anytime you have a BBA infestation, take your moss, pull it out of your tank, put it in the scud tank, and after a little while, all the BBA will be gone, and then you can pull out the moss, put it back in your tank. Now, one caveat, scuds will eat moss, but they'll eat the BBA a lot faster, especially if it's like Java moss. I haven't tried this with any kind of delicate mosses. I only have Java moss. But when my Java moss or water sprite or Java fern or anything like that gets an infestation of algae, I take it out of the tank, I put it in my scud tank. The scuds eat all the algae off and then I take it out before the moss gets too damaged and put it back in the tank, get it away from the scuds. And that works really well for me. They're amazing algae eaters. Um, and the fish in the tank, there'll be a bunch of scuds in the moss when you put it back in the fish tank, but the fish will snack on them. They love them. So they'll keep the population down to the point where they won't ruin your plants. Um, at least that's been my experience. So that's what I would suggest. Apart from that, you're looking at manual removal and maybe hydrogen peroxide treatments. Now, be aware scuds if there aren't fish present that will eat them can absolutely infest your tank and take it over and if you're trying to do caradina shrimp or neocaradina shrimp or anything like that um they can outcompete those as well but if it's if it's a, a tank with fish in it then usually the scuds just become snacks and don't get out of control okay I think we have reached, thank you, Snoochie. <laughs> that, that, Snoochie, that just reminds me of that Seinfeld episode. What is it? No, you're Snoochie. Is that what it was? I forget. Anyway, um, Sandy Dakti, I do have a scud tank. What will work? Will that work with Anubius? The roots are covered with BBA. Yeah, I think so. 
just keep an eye on it because in time the scuds can eat your plant as well. But delete the algae first, and Anubius is super tough. Um, the, the Java fern and moss and water sprite and things I put in that tank, um, I can put them in there for you know a week or so before I have any problem and need to start thinking about taking them out. But Sandy, that's what works for me. Slow Go says, thank you, you're welcome. I know not everyone has a scud tank, but if you're into planted tanks, they're a pretty good critter to have around for sure. Oh, Smoopy, is that what it was? Smoopy, no, you're Smoopy, no, you're Smoopy. Yeah. <laughs> when Seinfeld gets Twitter painted. Okay, we're going to go ahead and do the giveaway here because we've reached the bottom of the chat. I know, right? Weird, but we have. So let's go ahead and do the giveaway here. All right, so this is for a group of gold roseline barbs that are sightless. They have no vision as far as I can tell, maybe a little bit, but for all intents and purposes, these are blind gold roseline barbs. I believe the group consists of seven. They're healthy and happy and fat and good sized, but they can't see. So they need to be put with fish that won't outcompete them for food. They eat at about the same rate as say like a Corydoras or something like that would kind of need a lot of time with the food to, to eat it before they're outcompeted by a swarm of, I don't know, rainbow fish or something. So let's see, we've got 85 folks who have entered. Awesome. Thanks for entering. And thanks to everyone that didn't enter knowing that this wasn't the fish for them. I realized that a blind ro gold roseline barb isn't for everyone. Um, so thanks for refraining if you can't give them the proper home and the proper uh, community of fish to go with. The winner is Brian P. Brian P., you have won some gold roseline barbs. You have two minutes to chime in. Let us know you're here and claim your winnings. And we will go from there. Timbo, tanking it easy. Is there a dip or anything to prevent scuds from transferring into a main tank? I don't know of a dip, but there is a product called Dimolin X. Uh, let me see if I can find it here for you. I know it's on eBay. Okay, here it is. This stuff lasts forever. Dimlin X, um, it will kill anything pretty much with an exoskeleton. So it'll kill scuds, but it'll also kill shrimp. It'll also kill, you know, anything like that, crabs, stuff like that. So if those are things that you have, this might not be the correct answer for you. Let's see, is that too big of a link? Oh, it won't let me list that because that link is huge. Yeah, that's, wow. 1,148 and 14 characters. Jeez. What a link. Okay. Hang on. Let me delete that. Um, how do I share this then? Um, can I share just the search page? Is that shorter? That's shorter. Here you go. But if you just go to eBay or maybe Amazon and type in Dimolin X, there's, there's a link that will probably work for you. Now, um, was it HC Aqua out in Hawaii? Jesse um, hates scuds and was trying to kill off scuds. And he was using Dimolin X and he didn't have any luck until he used it at three times its recommended strength. So it's very safe for fish and things. The way it works 
is it prevents critters with an exoskeleton from molting. So if you have to molt in order to survive and grow, then uh, it will kill you. But fish don't have that issue, so it doesn't hurt the fish. Um, so it's, it's very safe from all reports I've ever read and, and studies I've ever looked at to use it in, in higher concentrations. So that's what worked for um, HC Aqua. Three times the instructed strength kills scuds, as reported by HC Aqua. Okay. New Mexico Aquatics. Hey, little Bobby. Last night I asked my wife, do we have anything going on for tomorrow? She replied, you have dance fish. <laughs> thanks for your live streams, Dan. Hey, little Bobby. Thank you so much. And thanks to your wife for reminding you <laughs> to be here. <laughs> Thank you, Mrs. Little Bobby. <laughs> Hope the land of enchantment is treating you well. Fishaholic. It doesn't look like all the viewers are included in the draw. It would help if you checked all viewers just saying, wait, 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 what? Let's look at wait, what you're talking about. Hang on, I gotta wait for uh, Brian. Oh man, it's beyond time. Brian did not claim his winning, so we're gonna draw again. Let me see if I can see what you're talking about here. No, mods, regulars, channel members, users, everyone can do it. Where are you seeing, what are you looking at? So only 87 people have entered, 88 now, but I don't see anywhere here. What, what are you saying? Hang on, I wanna make sure. Fishaholic, it doesn't look like all the viewers are included in the draw. Well, they're not, because they had to enter. Uh, you're doing fine. So I, I think, Fishaholic, that not everyone entered. I, I have all the boxes checked here for people to enter. So 88 or 91 now, just because several folks did not enter because you know they, they aren't gonna be able to give the fish a good home or don't, don't want that particular fish, that's okay. So we're gonna draw again. The winner is Baron, Baron Von Yenzer. Congratulations. Thanks for being a subscriber since 8 of 2020. Awesome. More than a year. That's awesome. Thanks for being here. You now have two minutes to claim your winnings. And while we're waiting, I'll get to another comment here. Oh, Johnny says you can get Dimolin at Petco. Well, I did not know that. Go local Petco. That might be a lot easier than having to order it online, especially if you need it like now. Baron Von Yenzer, how does one start a scud colony and what are they aside from what sounds like a kind of aquatic insect? Woo! Okay, Baron has, has confirmed that he's here. So Baron, if you would send me an email to um, hello, H-E-L-L-O, at dancefish.com. Hello at dancefish.com uh, with your first name, last name, and mailing address. Saying, hey, I'm Baron Von Yenzer on YouTube. I won the giveaway then um, I will get those sent out to you next week. So scuds, um, if only there was a video on that. Let's see here. Here we go. Here's a video all about scuds and uh, culturing them and all that. So here's the link. This is for you, Baron. If you follow that link, that video should take care of you as far as how to take care of them. They're like they're like little shrimp, kind of. Or like little roly-polies or pill bugs that live in water, almost, kind of. 
something like that. A cross between a fish and a roly-poly. <laughs> Wait, is Candy Overholes here? Candy, it's so good to see you. Hello, my friend. It's been too long. I hope you're doing well. Okay. Okay, I think that's it. We've, Baron Von Dienzer says, beyond stoked. Thanks all. Hey, congratulations. Thanks for playing. Well, we've reached the bottom of the chat, so we're probably going to end the stream soon. Um, I'll give it a couple more minutes. Anyone who has a question or comment that they would like to put out there for me, do it now, um, and I'll get to it if it comes in the next couple minutes. Otherwise, we'll just shut it down for the night. I, I hate, like, making a stream, try to make a stream last longer than it naturally wants to. And in my estimation, if we're out of questions and comments, um, then it uh, means we're probably at the end of of the stream just kind of naturally so all right um what do i want to say while we're waiting oh first candy hi love you lots good to see you and miss you too yeah i i hope i don't know if you can do it i know you're super busy but i'd love for you to come see the new digs when we're done oh man i'd love for you to see it um all right i think that's about it so let's go ahead and do our sign off I like the first, oh, first of all, is Punchy Paints going next? I keep forgetting to uh, shout Punchy Paints out. Punchy Paints, if you're going next, let me know so I can send people your way. But I want to thank my moderators, such as Punchy Paints, for being here and helping make the stream uh, run smoothly. I really appreciate you and all that you do. Um, everyone that left money on the table, thanks for throwing super chats at us. Always appreciated, never required, but it makes my wife Brenda super happy when we get super chat. So thank you. Everyone that had a question or comment or uh, something for me to respond to, thanks for doing that. It makes it a lot easier to carry a stream for an hour, hour and a half. <laughs> so thanks for participating. Hail the Lurker Nation. Everyone watching on the replay, hello. If you're listening on the podcast, thanks for listening. And thanks to Michael Melier for making the podcast possible. Um, and oh, Pam, or I'm sorry, Pam from Punchy Paints is going next. So if you want more fish nerd goodness and some art, two things which Punchy Paints does very well, then tune into Punchy Paints live stream next. You'll probably go in about 45 minutes is my guest. Um, one last comment and then we'll go. Uh, Santa Dudu saying thanks to Dance Fish and Get Gills and Johnny and the rest of the team. Thanks for the stream and everything else. These Kalitawas are the best. I'm glad you're enjoying them. I was thrilled to get them in and glad I could get you some. With that, we're going to close it out. Thanks, everybody. We'll be back same time next week. Same bat channel, same bat time, all that stuff. Until then, have a good one. Bye-bye. Good night.